0: Hey everybody, Zach here. Before we get started with the podcast, I just want to let you know about our sponsor, Anchor. We're new to podcasting here at Salty Saints, and Anchor has made it so easy for us to get started. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain a little bit about it. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part about Anchor, though, is that it's absolutely free. So if you, like us, want to get your word out there, you want to try your hand at podcasting, make sure that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. My name is Zach, and I'm your host today, and I'm sitting here with Randy Spate once again.
1: Hey, Zach. How are you doing?
0: Not too bad, man. How are you? Good, good. Excellent. Uh, we are going to talk about spiritual beings today. Um, we, we, Me and Randy just kind of sat down. I, I walked in today, and he was sitting uh kind of enjoying the sun reading a little bit and i uh sat down and we just sort of started talking about things and this one just sort of naturally came up talking about spiritual beings and their existence and uh how did you refer to that again
1: randy yeah 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 there's a uh there's an anthropological concept called the excluded middle, and uh, what that is is that people in the West, people from the United States, from Europe, the, the quote-unquote technological people, uh, those who believe in heaven will believe in heaven, and they believe in earth, and that's it. There's nothing in between. Whereas people from uh, less technological uh cultures, and in saying that, you know, I'm stereotyping an awful lot of people, but uh, they would believe in heaven, the earth, and the middle, uh, a whole area of spiritual beings that uh, sort of inhabit the world around us. They have influence over us and over things that can happen, and they may be good, and they may be evil. So in the West we exclude that we we either say they don't exist or we act like they don't exist and then we have to find reasons why when things don't go like we think they're going to go why they went that way whereas in a different culture they would just say well a spirit did that
0: i think that that is an incredibly accurate statement (laughs) uh I believe in God, I believe in spiritual beings, I believe in heaven, and I obviously believe in earth, but I think sometimes even even though I know miracles happen, and even though I know God can intervene, something in the back of my head is like, well, that doesn't happen today, you know what I mean? Like, it's our, our culture, it's so ingrained in us that if it's not concrete, if it's not physical, if it's not tangible right in front of your face then it's not real and it can be really tricky
1: which you know it's with our kids you know they they grow up believing in the easter bunny and believing in santa claus and uh, as parents we try to get them to the point uh, that they understand that okay santa claus really doesn't exist the easter bunny really doesn't exist where do you draw the line okay so god doesn't exist right no no we believe that god exists well what about angels and demons okay that's that's a line that frequently uh it's it's kind of hard to cross
0: so talking about angels and demons uh the word angel and the word demon we were kind of talking about how those are those are kind of titles those are those aren't really like the description of a thing so much as like what that thing does or like its function uh more or less demon a little less than angel angel means messenger right and so that's a job title right that's a description of what it does and demon i mean that's more like your unclean spirit that's more something uh wicked something bad but aside from that like we don't really know what they are we don't
1: we really don't in fact thinking about uh Angels, as angels, Uh, there are only two angels in the canonical Bible that are actually named, and that would be Michael and Gabriel. Michael is a warrior, apparently, and uh, frequently, whenever Michael is seen, he usually has a sword and uh, he's ready to do battle. So Daniel prays, and uh, along comes Michael to uh, fight the Prince of uh, Persia, I think Daniel says that, uh, was, was sent to keep the angel from giving a message to Daniel. Michael comes and fights him. Gabriel comes and announces to Mary that, uh, she is going to be, uh, literally he says, overpowered by the Holy Spirit and she will give birth. I, I think we see Gabriel one other time in the Bible. I kind of forget where it is, but it's also a messenger role.
0: Does does he show up to, or I might be thinking of the angel of the Lord. I can't remember. The angel of the Lord
1: pops up a lot. Angel of the Lord does. And personally, some of the times that uh, the angel of the Lord pops up, especially in the Old Testament, when he accepts worship, I think that's God himself.
0: Yes. Or, or Jesus, even uh, like a like a pre pre human Jesus.
1: Is Jesus is the person of the Trinity that appears to man. Yes. So yes, that's Jesus in the Old Testament before he had the name Jesus.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Very cool. Um, so, getting into what these spiritual beings are, the word we get most often, probably is gods, little g gods. We see that a lot. Um, Now, uh, like we were kind of saying, you know, we, 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 we try to compartmentalize these things with angel, demon, you know, but really it all boils down to the word Elohim, which is God. Now, What is what is the Hebrew for the Most High? Uh, It's a little El Elyon. El Elyon. Okay, so that's God. God Most High. God Yahweh. That is He is He is He is different. He and then of
1: course the personal name Yahweh that you just exactly the Lord, which Um, which a Jew would never say. Right. Never be caught dead saying.
0: Well, it's also kind of uh, to say Yahweh is to say I am, but is it Ewe? Is He is. And I think that would slide, right?
1: Maybe, yeah. I'm there, not, there's something not weird totally there. I'm totally sure there, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, It's something about the, the context of, upon saying it. Like it, to say Yahweh is to like claim it yourself.
1: Right, right, right. And, of course, that name is given, first of all, to uh, Announced to Noah. Uh, to Moses in the Book of Exodus, <laughs> I like that noise. where uh, yeah, where where Moses says, "If the people of Israel ask me who you are, what should I tell them?" And uh, God gives His personal name, and He says, and the Hebrew translate it, "I am who I am." So it's it's me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that yeah yeah that's super interesting. Um, the the thing about the word God. Um and I I'm sure Randy's tired of me talking about Michael Heiser at this point but the man's blown my mind and he's got an awesome podcast called The Naked Bible and you should check it out it's excellent. Um but he he's kind of under the impression we've taken the word God and we've attributed too much to it that we've we we've basically taken that word and thought that only applies to the Lord. That only applies to the Most High. But it's a really broad term.
1: It really is. It it means a spiritual being. That's what Elohim means. Well, I was, I was, I forget what I was looking at it for, but I was looking at uh, my Hebrew dictionary the other day. And Elohim is, first of all, it's plural, uh, it's gods, but it is used as a name for the Lord God. And Mm -hmm. out after Genesis 3, every time that it occurs as a name it occurs as lord god it's not just god but lord god oh so that's the name okay uh the lord god um it's plural some people read back into that from the new testament saying aha there's the trinity three in one well no that it's it's more of the royal we like when uh Queen Victoria says, we are not amused. Uh, She's only referring to herself, and uh, that's kind of the way that it occurs in the Old Testament, but that's not the only use. It also refers to little Mm g-gods. It also refers, like you said, to spiritual beings. And there are passages in the Old Testament where it refers to great uh, leaders, great men.
0: And even uh, the one we were talking about when um, Saul goes to the witch of Endor to bring back Samuel so he can speak to Samuel— when the witch of Endor sees Samuel coming up out of the earth, she says, I see a god coming up out of the earth. But Samuel's not a god. We know Samuel's not a right, god. Right, right, right. And so right there, that should debunk your thought that that is some otherly thing. It's a spirit. Elohim yep. is spirit, and she saw a spirit. Right.
1: And, and so I didn't know that it referred to to kings. Um well, King, I'm I'm not so sure that it's kings, but but great leaders in Israel. I think it occurs in the book of Judges, okay. a couple of times to describe the judges. Okay, they were Elohim. They were uh, 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 mighty men.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I, um, we we're talking a little bit about kind of New Ageism and stuff. We were talking about what you know what route are we going to go with this podcast? Where are we going to take it? And and we were talking about how that that middle ground that that forgot one more time i keep the excluded excluded middle middle, excluded that's hard for me to remember um not everyone's excluded it in our modern culture there are still those that see it but in through a different lens
1: you know i think one of the reasons for that is because uh there is a hunger for spirituality that just surrounds us and if the church doesn't stand up and announce Jesus, doesn't tell the true story of Jesus, they're going to fill it with whatever they can. Right. And uh, one of the ways they fill it is by looking at other pieces of literature. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, a lot of people tend to associate the Bible with the Christian Church, and if they're going to throw out the Christian Church, then they throw out the Bible too, and they look to other things like uh, uh, Jewish halakha or the the Kabbal and Bhagavad uh, Gita and uh, Bhagavad yeah. Gita, yeah, and and other other things like that, and they see a multiplicity of gods there, and it, it's very attractive because the gods are understandable; they kind of look like us. Usually, they act like us, so they're they're known and they're knowable and um I don't know uh there also tends to be a prevailing thought that I can become like them, or I can either allow myself to be influenced by them to the extent that uh, they can act through me, or I can actually achieve a state of God-likeness. It, it always
0: comes back to the original sin, doesn't it? It does, That, that it we, does. Can be like, we can be like them, we can be like God. We can, we can be, like, be like God, absolutely. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you look into all these... Various re- religions that, I mean, that's, that's the idea. It's to transcend. It's to become more than human. Um, you look in a lot of Eastern meditative religions, and it's all about becoming something more, to transcend your consciousness into these astral realms where there's these other beings that exist at higher frequencies, and those are the good ones, or lower frequencies, and those are the bad ones. But it's like there's really no explanation in those religions as to what those things are. But God says, well, those, are, those aren't me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and they're bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You don't worship those. You worship me. You know, now, That's his take.
1: I love what C.S. Lewis does with this. I forget which book. It might be The Problem of Pain or, or it might be, uh, it might have even been in Mere Christianity. But he talks about including that excluded middle. He talks about the reality of spiritual forces that, were, that are uh, living around us. And uh, he refuses to call what we would commonly call demons, he refuses to call them supernatural beings. He calls them infranatural beings, which I loved that the first time I read it because it made a whole lot of sense. Super tends to communicate above, uh, 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 more powerful than and what Lewis was saying was that according to the Bible, these beings that are around us are actually subject to us. If we have Christ, they're subject to Christ who lives in us. So they're not really supernatural. They are infra natural. They are out there to get us. They're, they're out there to, to try to work against us, to bring influences in our lives that would be uh, negative. Now, if you have not read The Screwtape Letters, excellent. that is a fascinating book. Uh, it's, of course, it's fiction, but uh, the whole idea is uh, Wormwood is a novice uh, devil who is sent to keep an individual from coming to Christ. The individual eventually does come to Christ. So he writes his uncle Screwtape. Who is a head demon, and Scroogate gives him advice on how to tempt uh, this newly born Christian. Now, what? Is, if, first of all, it's it's funny as anything. It it is just hilarious.
0: The demons are very pompous. They're, they're they are incredibly <laughs> pompous <laughs> and, and incredibly dry British people. Also, <laughs> <laughs> they, for, they, for whatever are, reason, yeah, I guess all demons are right.
1: <laughs> but um, you know that the. the Lewis must have been writing from his own experience because his depth of understanding of the nature of temptation is absolutely astounding. So I just love that book. I read it several times and every time I read it, I found something new, just amazing.
0: Well, it's just so funny to me because like everything in our culture, whenever we see demons, they're, they're always. it's kind of what you're talking about. They're always these supernatural things. They're always greater than us. But in the Screw Tape letters, like the main theme is leave man to his own devices, and he's just going to screw it up himself. Like That's the right. best thing you can do is just make it easier for him to screw up, because he'll do it himself. <laughs> like, right, right it's, right. it's
1: really not so much the demons doing anything. Um, one of my, one of my favorite temptations from the Screw Tape letters. Once the guy has accepted the Lord, uh, Screw Tape tells Wormwood. So get him to believe in Christianity and, he said it doesn't matter what the end is, but get him to believe in Christianity and uh, voting rights or Christianity and um, dieting or Christianity and whatever else, natural foods, because he says the end will always take precedence over Christianity, but if he just believes Christianity, you're in a lot of lot of trouble
0: <laughs> that's funny i mean that that's exactly how it works though I mean when you let something else come into the picture uh, with equal precedence to to christianity to to scripture, it seems like it always creeps its way in and muddies things up it does um you also said the the infrared or not infrared, infra-human. sorry in, infra human. Yeah. Um you that's interesting to me too because of the the Bible verse about um don't you know the saints will judge the angels? You know, like the Yeah. I mean humans in Christ are given a very real authority
1: over these otherworldly forces. And I tell you, Zach, I'm not sure that I understand everything that the Bible says, like like that verse that the saints will judge the angels. I have no idea what it is that Scripture is actually saying. Uh, you, you might think because we're talking about this, we're, we're talking about a wealth. We're talking out of a wealth of experience and study and understanding. And that's not it at all. We're just opinionated.
0: No, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. We we all kind of think we've got it figured out, right? But yeah. we're all navigating this together. <laughs> that's, that's right, that's right. Um, so you mentioned the, is it the halakha or the halakha?
1: The halakha. Halakha. Yeah, Jewish halakha.
0: Um, and you said that's sort of similar to like the Cabal even. Are they the same?
1: Or? Yeah, I don't know. They're not exactly the same, but they are very similar. And a lot of them are based off of uh, apocryphal literature, literature that was written between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. There are quite a few books that were written out there. It's apocalyptic literature, apocryphal literature, uh, and when you, it's say, it's,
0: when you say apocalyptic, that word means, I, sorry, here's your Bible project knowledge of the day that means a a revelation a revealing of something that's right so it's hidden knowledge
1: that's right the the characteristic of this literature is that it goes a step beyond what the old testament says uh the average jew would read the old testament uh, like i do and have thousands of questions well they tried to find the answers (laughs) and they wrote down what they thought were the answers so you end up like the book of enoch uh uh first and second enoch first enoch is actually quoted in the new testament in the book of jude that doesn't mean that it's canonical it doesn't mean that it's a word of god because paul also quotes two roman poets in his writings once in romans and once in corinthians uh, it it just happens i think jude is quoting enoch because it makes a point that he wants to make but hierarchies of demonic influences are listed in the book of uh, Enoch. They are called walkers, watchers, watchers. watchers, watchers, and they are fallen watchers. Now, what blew me away about 10 years ago, there was a movie that came out, Noah. And so I rented the movie on Redbox and I watched it and it absolutely dumbfounded me. I didn't think it would be very biblical, but what blew me away is it comes straight out of the book of Enoch. This is straight out of Halakha, Kabal, Jewish Kabal. Um, uh, their interpretation of uh, the fall of the angels and then the angels just uh, perverting and disrupting mankind. Uh, the names are actually the names given to the fallen watchers in the book of Enoch. And I, I was just amazed by that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think I made it as far as realizing that God was a little kid in the movie. And then I was like, you know, I don't think this one's for me. So. <laughs> but No, I'm with you. Like it definitely had some really interesting points. Um, so so wait, totally uh, fictional, absolutely oh, sure. not biblical do you do you think it's fair to write off the Book of Enoch though as the, the possibility of it being inspired or do, should, yeah, do yeah,
1: I think it's fair to to say that no, this is not an inspired book now, does it contain truth? yeah, I think there's some things in there that could be true, um uh, even the description of of fallen angels it it it's not. It is not God's word. Definitely not God's word, but it could represent an understanding of something that happened, uh, uh, a memory of uh, uh, mankind at that point, of something that really happened, and it may indeed be true. Okay. So uh, that whole thing with the movie Noah, it. it, it brings up something else if you look at uh, current horror movies most of them uh, gravitate around the supernatural Um, they didn't always do that Alfred Hitchcock was kind of the early master of horror movies and he had very little to do with the supernatural it was spy thrillers or at most in the birds for whatever reason birds just start attacking people and then a new day dawns and they stop and there's no explanation given. It's just the horror of nature turned against man for this certain time period. Did, didn't he do Vertigo as well? He did Where Vertigo, he, yeah. Getting
0: getting all woozy, standing on top of a ladder, kind of
1: thing. Oh, <laughs> and it's yeah, and he's he's the master of of that type of of horror. But today, it all seems to, to gravitate around supernatural beings, and I think that just goes back to the recognition of a hunger for the supernatural. So you end up with TV shows like Lucifer, which, again, absolutely fictitious. Uh, I believe that there's a great danger in these shows, not in... The lie that they present, and it is a lie, but in the simplification or or the normalization of things that are not normal.
0: Right. Uh, Supernatural is another one. And I've watched quite a bit of that show. Um, it's really just Buffy the Vampire Slayer done like 15 years later. But they they make a lot of claims like there I, I know I, I remember about when I stopped watching uh two angels kind of came into the picture and it was playing off of the idea of uh lot when the angels went down into uh was it Sodom and Gomorrah yeah it was Sodom and, and Gomorrah. uh went down into Sodom and Gomorrah and they're going to destroy the place essentially so these two angels come to town and they're going to destroy the town well Sam and Dean figure it out and they get wise and they try and stop the angels from doing this and like talk them out of it. And basically they save the day. But I'm just like, yeah, this isn't how it would work at all. Like we, how how can you put Absolutely these people in a not. box? Like yeah. you can't, these are intelligent beings under God, you know, working for God and they humanize so many of the characters. That's the other thing. And they're not human. They're not human. you know.
1: <laughs> one of the one of the uh, passages of scripture that just it blows me away every time i read it it's it's revelation i think it's chapter 18:19 the nations of the world gather together uh, to combat against christ who has just come on his on his white cor- white horse he's got a, a banner on him that says this is the king of kings this is the lord of lords and all of the nations of the world, the entire world, goes out to meet him uh, in battle. And there's about a chapter explaining how they organized, and and in the Valley of Megiddo, and and the, everybody is there, and they're and they're ready to fight. And the next verse says, and the vultures come and begin to pick at, at their corpses. It doesn't even describe the battle because when Jesus says, Okay, that's it, boom, it's over. And and that's all there was. Right. Satan is not the opponent of God. He is under God. And when God says, Okay, that's all, it's over. Right. If anything, Satan is the opponent of Michael. Michael and, and Satan fight it out. But when God says, Okay, boys, that's enough, uh, the battle is over. That is the power that we actually have over that spiritual realm.
0: Right. And, and we give them too much power because we, we convince ourselves that they are powerful. We convince ourselves that these are something to be feared. And they're really not. I mean, J- Jesus is so cool and collected through the entire gospel. Whenever he deals with these demons, he's mad, he's upset with them, but he's not afraid of them at all. He, he,
1: Oh, They're I an guess, inconvenience. No. Yeah.
0: And, it, I mean, they, it, they beg him for forgiveness. Like they, they plead do. with him not
1: to kill them. You don't, know? don't send me into the abyss. I was just listening. I, I listened through the Bible and I was just listening Jesus in uh, the area of Decapolis where uh, the, the man comes out and he says, what's your name? And he says, uh, the demons, plural inside him says, our name is Legion. Our name is the mob because there's many of us. And they plead with him, don't send us into the Abyss. This is the only time that Jesus talks to demons in Scripture. Yeah. The only time. And they say, there's a herd of pigs over there. Send us into them. And Jesus, being a good Jew, looks and thinks, demons, pigs, demons, pigs. I like this idea, <laughs> and he sends the demons into the herd of pigs, and the entire herd of pigs commit suicide. They run down the the the, the embankment, and they all go tumbling into the lake, and they all drown. Uh, what is amazing in that is the power that Jesus has when he deals with demons. He this is the only time he ever talked to them. Every other time, he doesn't say a word to him except, come out.
0: Or don't uh, tells them not to say his name. He and, does say that. Yeah,
1: he does say that. Don't tell who I am. Right. The demons talk a lot. Oh, yeah. But Jesus, nah, he doesn't ask them questions. He just commands them and says, come out. You know, um, the, there was an event in my life Uh where I actually got involved with a person that I felt was under the influence of a demon. And so I did what a person with the gift of teaching would do, I suppose. I went to Scripture, and I started studying Scripture. And I discovered a couple of things as I went through, especially the Gospels. I discovered, first of all, that the terms demonic possession and demonic oppression are not biblical terms. They're terms that we have invented. Instead, what scripture says is that so-and-so was demonized. And it doesn't describe if this is a possession or if this is an influence, an oppression, whatever you want to call it. There is a demon that is acting uh, against the well-being of that person. And Jesus Sometimes says, come out, cast them out. That's probably a case of possession. Sometimes Jesus just says, be gone, leave. And they have to leave. So I'm not sure that the terms possession and oppression are all that useful for us. I actually prefer the term demonized because uh, that, that can mean a variety of things. But I do believe that there are cases where people uh, are uh, influenced negatively. Uh, There is a spiritual force working against them. And they need someone to stand with them and say, uh, get out, be gone. We don't want you.
0: I agree. Um, I think uh, with that kind of said, demonic – Possession, demonic oppression—they're not really biblical words, right. but but we do know that demons influence people. We know that they can, that they can attack, that they can. Um, I, I do like the word oppression. I do like that word because that's what it does.
1: And that's a generic term that right. yeah, I, you could talk about oppression till the till the cows come home. Right. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Right.
0: Yeah. Um But I I think a lot of people invite these things into their life. And the Bible is very clear about not inviting these things into your life. Um, What was the verse? Um, Deuteronomy 18.10, if I can find – oh, yeah. It says, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, or engages in witchcraft – And, I mean, I don't know how much clearer it could be. Like, (laughs) don't don't do that, you know? Um, And yet, we got Hasbro pumping out Ouija boards by the thousands, you know? And people buy them. I mean, I've had relatives that I've had to get onto for playing with that stuff. You know, they don't think anything of it. They think it's a game. They think it's stupid. But it's like, what, what are you... You don't know. You don't understand what you're messing with here. Like, this is something... Otherworldly. It is something. It is a
1: desire for the supernatural.
0: Right, and, yep. and and what it all comes back to, once again, I truly believe the the heart of all this stuff is hidden knowledge. It's all about knowing something greater than the physical. Right, and and, and seeking that. But a lot of these people, I, I I meet a lot of Christians, even who I think that or well that they would say they're christians i don't know i don't want to get into that but think that they can like contact loved ones like dead loved ones and things like this and it's like we're we're not to do that that's we,
1: absolutely right that, uh, that is a no-no
0: right and, and i mean once again the witch of indoor. i mean that's essentially what saul is doing he's <laughs> contacting his friend from beyond the grave right and and when it actually works the witch of indoor is like shocked she's like freaked out. She's because, blown away. Oh, she yeah. didn't expect it to work. No. And then here's Samuel. And what's, what's Samuel do? Samuel comes out and he's upset. He's like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: Why did you wake me up? <laughs> right. And then he gives Saul a message. He says, man, you're going to die. <laughs> right, right. So don't do that, first of all. But y- you
0: are inviting something to, to come into your life when you do that. You're, you're saying, hey, it's okay. I'm good with it.
1: That one case that I mentioned, what we eventually came to find out is that this young man who, at, at the point that, that we were involved, he was 18 years old, when he was a baby, just a newborn baby, his grandfather had just passed away. And they passed this newborn baby over the grave of the manfa- grandfather and asked for the spirit of the grandfather to protect the baby Um I and some other people who were involved believe that that was an invitation for some sort of supernatural uh, entity to have some kind of a foothold in that young man's life.
0: Well, it's incredibly scary, too, because there are churches today, very well-known, very respected churches, whom I will not name (laughs) as Randy mouths the word, Um, but... They do some crazy stuff, like going and laying on graves to soak up the anointing of of dead loved ones or dead respected religious leaders. To, to they use the Holy Spirit like it's a magic trick, you know? Like it's it's just it's crazy stuff. And uh, what's another one? Talking to your uh, talking to your guardian angels, like having these conversations with angels and things. Guys, like, don't, <laughs> don't mess with this. Don't, don't reach out to to try and and talk to something that isn't God, we've, because you don't know what a you're getting. God, who
1: is dying to talk to us, let's talk to Him and right. let Him work it out. Right.
0: If, if Jesus wanted you to pray to anyone else, he would have he would have made that incredibly clear. But when he taught us to pray. He taught us to pray to the Father, to pray to your Father in heaven. And he told you to go into your, go into the places where nobody else can see you do it because it's just between you and him. It's not between the world and you. It's between you and God, and he knows your heart, and he knows your desires. So go, go pray to him. But I do want to say that if you have invited something like this in your life, I personally have never dealt with demonic influence. I've, I've never seen that. I don't know what that looks like. And once again, talking about living in you know the twenty first century it 's hard for me to wrap my head around because i 've never seen it, but I do believe it and if you are if you are influenced in some way by a by some spiritual force, Jesus has power in his name. You tell that thing to get out of your life, you come to Christ, put your faith in him, and you will have authority over that thing and I
1: mean, it 's really as simple as that there 's no Magic to it. It's not how you hold your hand or how you hold your mouth. It's, it's just saying, okay, I can't do anything about this, but Jesus can. So Jesus, uh, take care of it. Now I will say this, Zach. I, I think that commonly we make two mistakes today. One is the excluded middle. We we don't give any credence to a spiritual influence at all, and then the pendulum can swing all the way to the other, uh, uh, the the other arc. Uh, to the extent that we see a demon behind every corner, a demon in every bush, out to get us, and that's also not true. Uh, in 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 fact, the idea of a of a demon tempting us, at least in my personal life, I've found that I am the source of most of my own temptation. I don't need a demon to help me out. I,
0: pointing the <laughs> finger at the other guy, and say he made me do. It. That's right.
1: That's right. No, I'm I'm the I'm the guilty one here. Absolutely, um,
0: and, and you know, the, we, I think, I think the Bible is incredibly clear that there are many gods biblically. Yes, there and are. they are not they are not the most high. There is one, the Lord. The Lord is is one. You know, Jesus, the Trinity, Father, Holy Spirit. That is the most high God. He is unique above all other gods. But every time you see that little G God. I just do not believe from the biblical perspective that those are make-believe, that they're just some made-up thing by man. Man is worshiping something there. And so when we talk to people who do believe in other gods, when we talk to people as Christians that believe in uh, whatever god they may worship, we can't just assume that they're crazy and that thing is make-believe. They're worshiping something. And that thing may respond to them. It may respond to them even in goodwill. It may bless them in some way. But it is not good, and it is not God. It is a spirit, and that's all it is. There is one true God, and that is Jesus Christ, and we're to put our faith in him. And so we need to be careful when we talk to people of other religions not to belittle them and their beliefs to to make them feel like they're stupid for, for believing in that thing but to direct them towards Christ because he's the only true God.
1: That's is that fair? That is a that that's a great word. Yeah.
0: Fair game. I like it. Um man, that was pretty good. We we've been all lot. over the place. We we've been all over the place. But we kept it in the ballpark, you know. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um with all that said, um be careful getting into this stuff. Um looking into things like this. Don't let demonology or seeking truth after these spirits or whatever these things are, I mean, these Elohim, don't let it consume you because it's really easy to trickle down that rabbit hole. I did it as a kid. I got really intrigued by demons and angels and kind of the like cryptozoology of the Bible, you know, like the Leviathan and the behemoth and all that. And it's like, we, we, we aren't going to get absolute answers on these things. And most of the things that claim to have that absolute answer are not inspired. They are, they're going to lead you down some pretty dark paths. So stay out of that stuff. Read the word of God, read scripture. That's where the truth lies.
1: So the kind of the summary of the whole thing is, uh, supernatural beings, spiritual beings, Yeah, they exist. They're out there. Do I need to worry about them? No, absolutely not. God is more powerful. As long as you have God on your side, you don't have to worry about them at all.
0: Right. So if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, absolutely get in touch with a nearby church. Go find a place where you can get plugged in with a community and confess uh, your sins and confess your faith in Christ and you're saved. I mean, like, <laughs> put your faith in him. Live your life for him. That's what it's all about. Uh, he's dying to know you, and we hope you get to know him. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, get, get a hold of a local church. That's the best explanation I've got for you. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast, and uh, we hope you guys stay salty.